You are listening to IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. This is a live show as we report on the war day three on Monday, October 9th. And if you would like to call in uh, a little bit later on in the show to uh, join us on the air with any comments or questions, you can do so. Our numbers are on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. I am with my co-host, Matt Zucker, who is going to be co-hosting the show with me. Hey, Matt, how are you? Good tomorrow. Thank you uh, for allowing me to be here with you today. I, I, I need uh, you. It's not allowing you. I need you. And uh, I need to be I need to be here today. I need to feel like I'm doing something valuable. You know, it's 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 difficult. So you are. And uh, let me read out a little bit of the headlines, uh, latest headlines here in Israel again as of Monday at uh, 4 p.m. Israel time. Uh, which is 9 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. They say now the number of dead has gone up. They say at least 800 people were killed in these last three days. Hamas claims over 100 soldiers and civilians in captivity. The Israeli cabinet has declared Israel to be officially at war after the massacre of hundreds by Hamas. By the way, I will let you know that the news media is not telling you everything. Know that. And I can probably sadly tell you that the death toll of 800 is going to go up and be closer to perhaps 1,000. But as I understand how this works is that they're not counted as dead until the body gets a number on it. And there are <laughs> some bodies that they have not been able to retrieve yet. And uh, they may know where they are. They may even see them, but they can't get to them or whatever the reason is. Uh, and this is so why people who are in the field there, and I've been talking to, uh, to someone there, uh, and I'm going to interrupt myself because we are having another red alert siren in Kfar Shalom, uh, sorry, Karam Shalom, which is along the Gaza border and Hulit. Oh, okay, more now. More red uh, alerts. Also, um, in Karam Shalom, I did say Sadeh Avraham. Sufa, Yated, Dekel. This is at least uh, six different uh, communities in the south under fire right now. As we speak, people are going to bomb shelters if there are any. There are many soldiers in the area. There is no protection for them. I know this. And um, I have a son down there, and that's what he has said. He said, Ima, mother, there is no protection for us if they shoot. Okay, uh, we are praying for their safety, for everyone's safety. Do you, and, know, where, do you know where Emek Hefer is? Emek Hefer. Emek Hefer, it's just south of Hedera. Okay, so, so that's along so, the Mediterranean uh, coast, up north on a the little Mediterranean bit, coast, above Tel Aviv. For Go people, ahead. people who may not be familiar with with the geography of Israel, Caesarea, I think. Think 15 minutes south of Caesarea, um, major tourist destination. And a friend that worked there today, they had a Tseva Dome or a Red Alert and, and an intercept in um, 
Emek Heifer, and that is pretty far north. Yeah, I, 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 and for anybody who's not un, is unsure of these, unsure of these terms, an interception is where the Iron Dome will have like an anti-missile, uh, will, will go off and uh, try to target the missile while it's still in the air before it, God forbid, hits a city or a population center, and it explodes it in the air, which uh, greatly reduces any deaths. There still could be deaths because the, after the missile is blown up in the air. And blown into pieces, these pieces with gravity go down. And if you're outside, you could be killed if that falls on or near you. Um, there I want a woman seriously injured in Ashdod. Uh, yes, a 50 year old woman. From, yes, yeah. the shrapnel, the leftover yeah. shrapnel. Uh, there's also uh, around 2 to 3 p.m. today. I'm sorry I can't give you the exact time, but I'm watching different news channels and uh, I'm running from place to place. I've got seven grandchildren <laughs> living with me right now. God bless them. And, oh, and six of them are under the, are four years old and under. So it is chaos here. So I'm doing my best to be able to serve you all and give you the news. But uh, there was also between 2 to 3 p.m. there was a an attack on Israel from the northern, from the northern border. Uh, I believe uh, news reports said at the time around 12 uh, uh, launches against Israel. One of them fell and exploded in an open area in the north. There was also a Hadira, which is a an infiltration of terrorists that came in from the north as well. And thank God our army was there and was able to kill two of them. I'm not sure if there are any more left or they, not. Apparently, I did. I did get word that someone was taken alive up there. Ah, okay. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, thank you for that, Matt. That's good to know. Uh, and so we we are starting to see an opening on uh, of another front, and that's in the north of Israel. Now, if you all understand the map of Israel, we're around the size of New Jersey, maybe a little bit smaller even. It's, you can drive from the top of the country to the bottom of the country in about six or seven hours. You, you've you've covered the entire country. If you go, it used to take it used yeah. to take longer to when I lived in Pennsylvania. If I went from the east end to the west end of Pennsylvania, it took longer to cross my one state in the entire country. Yeah, and we're talking about without traffic, <laughs> right? Right in Israel as well. In Israel as well. So uh, we are a tiny, small country. Everybody in Israel pretty much knows everybody else by at least one person. And in other words, like if I don't know the person, I know somebody who knows that person. It's either their dentist or their or their teacher or or something else where because every time a death comes in, you you know, someone says, oh, that was my chiropractor's son that was killed or that was this or that. So we're, we're like one to maybe I'll say two, one to two people away from whoever, God forbid, was killed or hurt. Uh, tragic stories now coming on the news media of interviews with people. Um, I'll tell you about that a little bit later in the show. Maybe, Matt, if you remember to ask me. And uh, any other headlines, I'll Matt, try. you want to share? Well, um, headlines, let's see. You covered the, some of the numbers that I had, I had written. Um, you know, and uh, when I looked at the map of the rockets up north, that was uh, actually right near the Hula Valley. Um, and I know from reports up in Rosh Pina, which is not far from there and it's near Sfat, the, uh, there's already not water on the shelves in the stores. Everyone's getting their um, personal shelters ready. 
So uh, also, um, but I will tell you, um, I'm hopeful, and I think many are, that the barbarity of this attack is going to finally uh, make the Israelis um, forget about their rules of engagement, their roof knocking, and their hypersensitive. Okay, uh, say what roof knocking is. People don't understand these terms. Uh, roof knocking is what the, so what the Israelis do to minimize collateral damage, like no other army in the world would ever do. They they first send messages either electronically or through leaflets to tell people to vacate the premises because it's a legitimate military target, and because we all know Hamas um, hides their rockets, their ammunition, their command structure in civilian areas. Anyway, the Israelis give them first warning that it's coming, and then they do what's called a roof knock, is where they send a projectile onto the roof. It just shakes the building a little bit, and that lets them know if they haven't left, they better leave. And they do all of this before they take the building down. All the while, if they happen to see civilians on the roof in the proximity outside, they will divert the ordinance and not take the building down because of their... Human shields. Um, their human shields. And the Israelis will not give them that photo opportunity or take the innocent life. And, uh, those, and in the, the meantime, the terrorists get away. <laughs> they hide. They the go into their the tunnels. get away. So, so anyway, the roof knocking is getting done away. Um, I read where, you know, the electricity is already turned off. The fuel will be turned off. Uh, but the they have water. fuel saved off, saved up. They do have they've fuel saved They've got fuel off. for the next few well, days at least saved up for themselves. And they've got generators and things too, but go ahead. And, uh, but apparently, and um, I, I forget which of your guests the other day who was talking about this, I think it was Modi, that uh, they should turn the water off even though uh, they never will. Well, I read today that uh, they're shutting the water off. Yeah. So, uh, and I say all, all for it. I mean, I, you know, um, it's just, yeah, there's over 100 hostages in in gaza what are you going to do you can't like level the place people want to level gaza you know do you think israel is prepared to lose 100 citizens i don't know so right now apparently the qataris and the egyptians are involved and they're trying to broker a deal of a prisoner exchange that we will give up the convicted murderous terrorists and set them free for returning our civilians and, and, and our captives. That's what they're trying to do. And Israel is saying we are not talking to Hamas at all right now. Go ahead, Matt. The only way I would say they should consider that is as soon as they get every single hostage back, kill them all. Just kill them all. Oh, you know what? We lied. Screw you. Uh, the anger, I have a seething anger. Um, and, uh, and I remember a rabbi a number of years ago tried to talk to me about not letting your heart get hardened by the way of the world. <laughs> it's pretty hard, you know. You know, um, all we have to do, and I mentioned this on yesterday's show, I believe, we have to look at authentic Judaism, not this washed down, politically correct, uh, weak leadership that we have today, but authentic Judaism. And if we think back to who was one of our greatest leaders of all time, King, King David. David, that's right. Well, and what would thinking, King David you know, do? <laughs> you know what was that? What was the uh, the bumper sticker they have in America? Uh, 
WWJD. What yeah, would yeah. What do? would? Yeah, right, right. right so right. What, what would King, King David, David do? do? King David would get biblical on them. <laughs> he would bring justice to everybody because I want to. Be re- yes. I, I, I want to uh. say this as well. Although seventy percent of the population of Gaza voted in a democratic election to bring the Hamas in as their leaders. They chose them, 70% of the population. There are some Arabs in the Gaza Strip who would like nothing more than to see the Hamas gone because either they have been victims of the Hamas themselves or they just know how corrupt the Hamas is and all the millions of dollars pouring in from around the world to the poor, poor terrorists in Gaza are going to the bank accounts of these terrorists and they're not going to the people. The people, many, many people in Gaza are still living in squalor. Although if you look at their apartment buildings, they look pretty nice over there. So they're not all in squalor. But in any case, they would like to see them go. And let me tell you that a lot of the information that Israel gets is from Arabs in Gaza. They're giving it to us because they hate their little leadership. So we would be doing those few people a favor by eliminating How do you sort them out? Corrupt... How do you sort them out? That's the problem. So because... you. So right now we're, we're saying, uh, I, I understand, I heard one news report this morning that a lot of the Arabs are fleeing to the south, trying to get into, you know, towards uh, Egypt to get out of the way of the bombing and those people you can you, you, you if they leave and they can apply to come back on a case-by-case basis if they were good people they helped israel whatever and they're good peaceful people you can let them back in but right mm. now our people it's like it's like ground zero it's it's what what's what it's the term when it's like ticking time bomb we're being killed at the at every second there uh, rocket right, fires have going to stop off the bleeding no exactly. no pun intended yeah you know, so look, I have to tell you, I came here in 2014 um, during Tsuketan in what they called like a solidarity mission. I just couldn't sit at home and watch the <laughs> the Western media coverage of of that conflict. And you know, I actually met a guy who um, was a you know Palestinian, right, an Arab from Gaza, who was couldn't go back there because he was on the death list because he had relationships with Jews. He were back then there was no, he could, he, when he lived there, he used to go to Tel Aviv to work. Um, in any event. So, so he, he tells the story about, you know, what life was like there and blah, 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 blah. And I, I asked him straight out. I said, I got to ask him, you guys voted for Hamas. So where I'm sitting in America, why, why should I, you know, care really about the Arab lives in Gaza, aren't you, is part of the problem. And he said, let me explain to you. Palestinian Authority ruled Gaza before Hamas was there. Everybody hated them. They're corrupt. They still are corrupt. Uh, I don't know why the world, uh, including Israel, still does business with them. But anyway, so everyone hated the Palestinian Authority. In comes Hamas, and they started out as a civic organization. They build mosques and schools, and they did all that, like, you know, kumbaya stuff. And uh, then they get a foothold and uh, all the kids go to the mosques, all the young people go to the mosques and they get put on the payroll for this, that, or the other thing. And they get uh, a foothold. And then the elections are announced and uh, the guy says to me, so all of the Palestinian Authority politicians are thrown off the highest roofs in Gaza. And uh, then they said, so who are you going to vote for? <laughs> so who are you going to vote for? Because no one there had any, you know, 
no citizens are armed. They don't know what to do with themselves. And he told me that that's how Hamas came into power. And I got to tell you, it was powerful. It, 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 it you know, kind of moved me a little bit. And I felt bad. But I, I have to tell you, straight up, all those people, and I know there's a lot of people in there who just want to live in peace. They may not love Jews, but they don't want to kill us. They just want to raise their families. I get it. The horrors that have been done here, uh, I I can't concern myself with their well-being. So, yeah. All I hate right. Saying that, I, I don't feel good saying that. I, you know. Listen, we need to mete out justice. We're dealing with a murderous entity. Just like there may have been some good Germans, we still had to get rid of right. the Nazis and take <laughs> down Germany. Right. By the way, these people are real-life Nazis. I mean. Like a hundred percent. There are Jewish children in cages in Gaza being tormented in like what looks like pigeon coops. Yeah, I'm I'm still trying to verify that story, by the way, because I can't. Some people are saying yes, it's it's true, and other people are saying no, it's not true. So I have to still still try to get okay. that verified. But it's a horrible thing to see. It really made me sick yesterday. It made me absolutely sick. All right, let's go to uh, uh, our first guest. By the way, we're gonna be, we're going to be having different guests on the show. And uh, uh, some that were on the streets of Jerusalem this morning as the red alert sirens were going off and uh, there were interceptions uh, blowing up missiles in the air. Uh, Also, someone on the home front and talking about what the women are doing in order to support the soldiers. And uh, we're going to be hearing again from Mr. Ashkelon, Mati, in Ashkelon, which has been hit two, they absorbed two direct hits today as well. But first, we're going to go to Alan Silver, who runs an, uh, the Alan Silver News on WhatsApp, and I believe Telegram as well. Alan, welcome to the show. Maybe you can give us some of your information and also some of the uh, latest updates that you have. Hi, good, often, good afternoon. Um, um, Tamar, I'm getting an echo somehow. Sorry, go ahead. Keep keep talking. We hear you fine. Okay. Um, uh, I'm talking above the sound of a jet fighters flying overboard, overhead, over my head here. It's uh, it's 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 not annoying. It's actually comforting to hear these planes flying over and knowing that they're on their way to to Gaza to deliver uh, a bit of uh, of um, punishment of what they did to us. Irmachshimam uh, and. Uh, uh, we hope they have a successful mission and really destroy what the, what they we got to destroy. Um, uh, I don't know how, what's been discussed before here, but um, the Israeli the air force is really pounding uh, away in uh, in Gaza. Um, I forgot the name of the uh, in Beit Hanun yesterday. We took out all the main uh, houses and uh, the high class uh, uh, citizens of the uh, Hamas. We, we cleaned out 125 uh, uh, targets uh, in about 45 minutes, with 50 jet fighter jets taking part in the in the uh, in the in the in the missions. And uh, now this morning uh, they they started with uh, um, Sajun, uh, uh, Sajia, and um, and Jabalia, and Jabalia. They hit a building full of people. And uh, I saw video, uh, I've, I've seen uh, gruesome videos, but this was really unbelievable. And um, uh, by the way, I didn't post it yet. Uh, tomorrow I'm busy transferring t- cell phones. So my, my cell phone just couldn't take any much more of the, uh, of the pressure of what I was putting it through. So I packed up, so I've got a new one coming 
on Monsoon. And um, uh, there was just bodies all over the place. So they say up to 80 people had been killed there. The whole place um, is total destruction. Total. All the shops, everything was destroyed. People, bodies lying in the street. You have no idea. What we saw in, um, I don't know where, where we could compare it to, what, Lebanon in the, in the old days? Um, yeah, but you I'll, know what? I want to say, I'll Alan, if you've got bodies in the streets as the Israeli Air Force is attacking, most likely those bodies belong to terrorists. They're terrorists. 100%. Okay, so we're not talking... And, and, uh, and there was no children. So it's all adults. So it's all, uh, all adults lying in the street. There was no children and no woman, Dafka. Now that I think back. Okay. So it's uh, probably was a pretty much legitimate targets, but we've stopped the Hekesh Hagag, the knocking on the, on the, on the roof. Uh, we pick a target, and uh, we let somebody, uh, somebody know that we're about to hit that thing. We don't warn them uh, as such with a missile or uh, a sound missile. We maybe, I think, make one phone call to somebody, and they have to listen to that person and get, get out while they can. And uh, they give them, I think, 10 or 15 minutes, and the building goes down. We've destroyed a lot of buildings this morning. There's... There's, uh, the, the skyline is totally different to what it was in Gaza City as well. Uh, I've been watching you live uh, f- feed from Gaza all the time. They've got, there's actually several cameras that you can watch at the same time, which I am doing. And, um, but they're now attacking a place, I forget the name. Um, it's also uh, in Gaza City where all the, the, the um, um, Hamas Bakhir, the, all the, the top rich uh, uh, people of Gaza, they've got big houses and fancy houses. They've been given 10 minutes to clear out, and they're now packing their bags and leaving like refugees, and the houses <laughs> have been taken out one by one by one. Yeah, don't you wish that the Hamas would give Israel and Israeli families 10 to 15 minutes notice that we're going to come into your kibbutz and slaughter you all, so get out now? 100%. Yeah, they, they don't do that. They just taken, go in and slaughter. We've taken out the, off the gloves. But I must tell you what I was thinking about uh, uh, coming home now, and that is um, uh, the, this is a very important um, operation from, from our point of view. Um, uh, Hezbollah is watching. And Hezbollah is, wants to see how are we going to react. And if we react hard and harsh with no Rahmanus, with no uh, mercy. mercy at all, and just give them hell, um, uh, Australia is going to have second thoughts about coming into this war, if we see that they're, they're, you've, you've made Israel angry, look what they did. So if he thinks about uh, what he wants to do and the results of what will be, um, he, will, he can see in what is being resulted now that could be on him as well. He's been terrified since uh, 20 years ago when we took down half of Beirut and, uh, and, 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 the, and the Hezbollah areas. And he's been living in, 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 uh, in um, terror for the, since then. And now we have to maybe just uh, revive his memory or juggle his uh, memory, as we, we used to say in South Africa. And then, um, so we've got, we've got to do this properly and show, and, and it should be a deterrent to Hezbollah if they have uh, an idea or anything they want to do to attack from the north. I believe that this, this, this was a three-stage three plan. First stage was for Hamas to take on Israel and to use up as much as you can, they can of our uh, air defense, uh, the Iron Dome, bring, uh, bring down the, the, 
the, the reserve rockets, bring down, uh, open up the, the, the storage depots and bring as many rockets to keep intercepting, intercepting, because uh, we know that uh, uh, Hamas has got at least 12,000 uh, rockets. And it's, uh, they've used 3,000 the first day. They've used uh, uh, a few hundred today as such. There'd be no major uh, um, 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 barrages. There'd been a couple, but nothing like the hundred at a time that we had, they did yesterday. Although this morning the one to, to Ashkelon also was a heavy barrage. And um, uh, so they, well, the, the first stage is for us to use up our ability to, to respond by using up, so to speak, the um, the um, uh, iron dome system they wanted to, they wanted to flood it out uh, try and overcome it overwhelm it and uh, they haven't managed to do that Hashem. I don't know if you can hear the play of dreads flying yeah we do we do and they they it gives me such a good feeling you have no idea mm. and um, so um, um, that's the first stage the next stage would be that Hezbollah would come into the picture with a weakened Israeli defense of uh, the Iron Dome having used up maybe half their missiles or, or um, more Chasmus Sholem. And um, then they would, now we have to put the picture in place, Hezbollah has got 160,000 missiles. We talk about Hezbollah, Hamas had 12,000. We talk about 160,000 very, very sophisticated missiles. They've got very high accuracy in pinpoint uh, 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 directional finding equipment on the pl- on these missiles. They're much bigger. They have a pack a, a higher explosive head, and so that could really wreak havoc in uh, in in Israel. The problem is that with all this uh, sophistication, they have much easier uh, time, so to speak, if they can if they can launch these missiles, is uh, taking out our electricity, taking out our water supply, and taking out all uh, a lot of of very important infrastructure um, um, things that we may, that we have. So we're going to have to have another option, and that is to 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 um, stop them doing that by attacking where the, these missiles are stored. Now, most of these storage places are under houses, under hospitals, under schools, and, and, and under very much civilian targets. We're going to have no option. So uh, if, we're gonna, if, if they're going to start, we're going to have to hit these targets very hard to, because if you won't be able to stop it with the Iron Dome, we'll have to stop it with our Air Force. So that's how I, I see the situation. Um, that's why, again, if they see in, in Lebanon that we really are, are furious and we are going to hit, uh, uh, we are hitting Gaza very hard, they may think twice about uh, carrying on with this, with this uh, second stage. But may, on the other hand, maybe they haven't got an option. Uh, um, uh, uh, Iran has given the, the green light and the go-ahead and actually the encouragement uh, okay, uh, sorry. Um, yeah. We are having a red alert uh, alarms going off now in different parts of the country. Where? Uh, we're in, in uh, Ashkelon, um, in Yad Mordechai, in uh, Zikim, the kibbutz, uh. the Gaza Belt area as well, uh, Kfar Silver, um, all over the, the south there, just north and just uh, a little bit uh, 
east of uh, Gaza, of the Gaza Strip. By the way, I want to say that uh, the Ben Gurion Airport also had a uh, rocket, uh, or I should say a missile, because it reached there, all the way there, uh, had a missile that uh, slammed into an open area there. And uh, the center of the country was also under red alerts as well t- uh, this morning and today. Go ahead. Um, hey, Alan, I had a question for you. Yes, sir. In terms of, in terms of, de- this is Matt, um, in terms of deterrence for Hezbollah and even Hamas, yes. what do you think, and I, I don't think there's a chance of it ever happening, but let's just say for argument's sake, Tehran disappeared tomorrow. In, in how, fact, is that for de- how is that for a deterrent? It would have what happened, would Hezbollah it was, do with it, that? It actually happened uh, during the time of uh, Donald Trump when he took out all their money all their facilities, they were really on the, on the ropes, so to speak, and they suddenly became not a, not a threat to Israel. But unfortunately, the Biden administration has unleashed uh, the, the money. Just two weeks ago, he uh, released $6 billion to, to Iran, and we see the results now. So all this uh, I was talking about, we support, we support, we support, I don't believe a word what Biden is saying because he doesn't know what he's saying. He doesn't know what he's doing, and nor does the administration know what they're doing. They started well, he told this the, war. He first. told the Afghanis uh, he supported them as well, so you know that, that's good for. So, sorry. Uh, he also told the Afghanis w- that he supported them. So, <laughs> right. I think uh, we have to look at it from another point of view. Uh, you may look uh, listen t- uh, to me skeptically. Um, America has a swamp in, in Washington, and the swamp survives on the defense ministry. They had a war in Afghanistan for 19 years, which they managed to skim off billions of dollars to all the senators to pass uh, resolutions, to pass uh, money around there, and all the senators in, 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 in Washington became rich, and they couldn't become rich on the salaries they, uh, they earn. So now they, right. Afghanistan suddenly was taken out of the picture. They had to find another place. So they found Ukraine. Ukraine has now been pumping billions of dollars as well from America to, to, to Ukraine. We don't know where that money goes. The money's going all over the place, and there's no... Uh, to the uh, Democratic uh, Party. Sorry? To the Democratic Party. To the Democratic to the, all the senators, and also the Republicans. They're also part of the swamp. Uh, a lot of Republicans are rhinos, and they're getting the money there. Now, I think the, the resolution a couple of weeks ago that, um, that um, they're not going to support uh, 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 money being tr- uh, transferred to Ukraine puts a damp on the whole situation. And Lechain, and I see that maybe this is now the reason why we now have another war, which is our war, and America is pledging support. The money is going to come. They're giving us $6 million, not $6 billion uh, uh, of, of assistance. So obviously money is going to be flowing soon to all places in the, uh, all over the, in, in Washington. And so we are now the, the uh, I don't know how to put it, the, 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 the food, the food for, for these people to, to be able to make billions and millions. It's my, my well, you know, all of, our, all of the military aid that comes to uh, Israel is basically corporate welfare for the defense industry because we get the money and we're required to spend it with U.S. defense contractors. Right, and, and, and the defense contractors smear the palms of all those senators, so it should continue. Uh, that's why they, they, they keep the money flowing 
to 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 the the swamp in America. It's horrible. It's so terrible. And, and who's going to pay the the price in the, in in one day when uh, when they all have to go to uh, to Shamaim uh, and I hope they don't get get to Mayav Esrim. And uh, the, 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 and they're going to have to answer for what did you support, what did you do, what did you create, how many people were murdered, how many people were murdered in in Ukraine, how many people were murdered in in Russia, how many people were murdered in Afghanistan, and now we see how many people have been murdered in 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 in, in our beautiful little country, our nation Israel. It's really uh, it's 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 a horrible horrible situation. And uh, I don't believe in America. I don't want them. I don't, I, some people say we, we shouldn't even take their assistance. If they send us, uh, um, um, uh, they send us uh, uh, arms and whatever it is, uh, we only what we need. And they sent us the the, the uh, F-35 uh, uh, silent planes, um, um, the planes that you, you know that are um, 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 what do you call it? Uh, that uh, radar. Uh, Radar evading stealth. planes. Stealth. Sorry, stealth. Stealth. That's it. Stealth. Yeah. So, so, so we have the the, the ability to to protect ourselves against uh, Iran to attack Iran quite easily, but um, they're not going to offer us uh, any more of these uh, bunker busters for uh, for uh, taking out the Iranian um, 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 nuclear uh, uh, program. Also, I must tell you, must add to you, is that the second stage when Hezbollah comes in and starts and starts up a front, Rahman Islam and Shah, we hope they don't get to that. If they do, Israel has to be on its toes to watch Iran, what she's doing with the nuclear program. Uh, uh, well, um, that's kind of that's kind of excuse me for interrupting, but that's kind of the point. And I might have been too coy, and I apologize yeah. when I said what happens if Tehran disappeared. Like what I really meant was what happens if Tehran, the city, vanishes in a flash of light, because that's the head of the snake. What happens if you chop off the head of the snake, and everybody knows that uh, or suspects that Israel has the ability to strike? Right, as hard uh, wherever. So, what happens if Tehran disappeared? What is Hezbollah going to do? Are they going to launch all the rockets, or are they going to run for cover? Because I think Assad would probably soil his pants, yeah. and I don't think anybody would know what to do. It would sure as heck send a, a message to Riyadh, who has now decided to back has I mean Hamas in this operation because we all know blood is thicker than water, and that reproachment was. Nonsense you know what? Anyway. I'm going to interrupt for a second because yeah. because you're talking about nuclear strikes, and I'm not calling for nuclear strikes, and I'm not saying not to do it. But I just want to mention just something asking. here. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. And I I just want to mention here that Pearl Harbor, what we're experiencing, is similar in a, in in more or less the numbers. They had 2,400 Americans who died. We have 2,400 Israelis who are wounded, many of them seriously and may not survive. And they had another 1,000 people wounded, the United States. Uh, we have, as I said, 2,400 and almost 1,000 dead, getting close to that number. Now, what did America do when uh, they had Pearl Harbor? Eventually, they launched two, not one, two Adam bombs for Pearl Harbor. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Oh, that's uh, listen, and and that is after they incinerated the city of Dresden with fire bombs. Yeah, yeah. You should know that um, um, the, 
a friend of mine, one of my guys in my news group, sent me a, 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 a WhatsApp yesterday, and he did a chishbon, a, a, a calculation. If this would have happened to America in proportion, what do you say? Twenty-seven uh, million people would have been uh, slaughtered, or something uh, to that extent. Uh, so this is this this was this is worse than 9/11, and is worse than Pearl Harbor. What we went through yesterday was worse than both those uh, scenarios. I would even say together, we've lost more people than anybody else in in war in recent history, and and in one day, and 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 it's also uh, most of them civilians, most of them civilians. It hasn't been like a, Pearl Harbor was military. They attacked uh, aircraft carriers and and uh, and, and and gunships. Uh, um, um, the, the the civilian part will, would be uh, 9/11. This is uh, an absolute. Um, travesty of of, of 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 humanity that 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 it's happened and and uh, people are still uh, supporting it and and uh, it's unbelievable by the way you spoke about the cages in uh, 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 that we were shown of uh, children uh, so being held in cages can you verify cages. that i've been told that it actually was uh, uh, footage from uh, uh, syria what they did to the syrian children uh was it between mm. themselves uh, Interesting. So what they do to their own children, you can imagine what they might, God forbid, be doing to our children. Right, right. Alan, I'm going to say goodbye just because we have to get ad- other guests on now, but yes. uh, maybe we can, we can have you on again. And I want to thank you so much for giving us all of the uh, news updates that you have and verifications, etc. My thank pleasure. I hope so to much. get back fully online. Take care and, and keep up your good work. Thank uh, you. And thank you for the, the other gentleman that spoke as well. To thank Matt. And, and be safe, Alan. We need you. <laughs> the world thank needs you. you. Okay. <laughs> bye. Well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, why don't you uh, talk to our listeners while I try to get our next guest on the phone? Okay. So uh, in any event, I, I guess really what I'd like to do is just try to describe life here for our listeners. Um, I'm assuming that most of them aren't in Israel. And, and I live in north-central Israel. It's a pretty safe place uh, from rocket fire. If rockets are landing on me, they're probably coming from the north. Um, but the mood across the entire country, it's, it's um, the streets are empty. Shops are empty unless it's a supermarket where people stocking up. As I said, uh, there are reports up in... Uh, up in the northern communities that are, are preparing for the worst. Uh, water not on the shelves. There's uh, been a run on supplies. People are worried now about supply chain interruptions um, and being without electricity and without water. Um, I, I can see from where I live, I can see one of Israel's largest power plants and desalinization plants. If Hezbollah decides to get into the fight, they have something like 150,000 precision-guided rockets, and uh, you know most of the artillery. Compliments of Iran. uh, I'm sorry. Compliments of Iran. Compliments of Iran, right? (laughs) A lot of that paid for by the United States, and it's not just the six billion that they got a few weeks ago. They got I forget how many billion and what three or five billion from uh, the Obama administration. Um, anyway, so that's what life is like here. Everyone's getting their bomb shelters ready. And I don't know if you can appreciate it. So you can't. How can you if you don't know what it's like 
to have to have a bomb shelter in your house or across the street because there's one in the park across the street from me. Older homes don't have them. And so now we're getting our medicines, prescriptions filled. We uh, check in flashlights. I mean, it's not like, you know, in the States, it's like, oh, you're getting ready for a hurricane. <laughs> you, you, you get your cases of water and stuff like that. This is um, a whole new a whole new level of anxiety that everyone feels. And everyone, and I think Tamar touched on it earlier, everybody knows somebody. Everybody knows people affected. Yeah. I try not to think about my friends in, in the South because it, I, I can't help. I can't stop getting choked up. I don't want to. I don't want to describe for you things that I know have happened to people I know and care about. Yeah, you, you know what? Our guest is going to be a little bit uh, another few minutes. So let me read something that came my way, Matt. Uh, this is from a soldier. It says, "In these times of incredible suffering, it is difficult to know with certainty what Hashem, God, expects from us. But on the other hand, here is what the soldiers." who are on the front, expect from us. I am forwarding you this in English uh, translation, and uh, this is a letter from a soldier in Gaza. And he writes, Today, I'm sorry, there's another red alert coming in now, uh, also in the Gaza envelope area near Am, Sterot, and Evim. We're uh, seeing... We're, or we, we sh I should say, we know that people are right now running to bomb shelters, and I hope that uh, everyone will be safe. Please, God. Please, God. So let me read what the soldier says here. He says, Today our hearts beat with fear. Who among us is going to die? And who will return safe and sound? We are your messengers in battle. We fight so that you can live in peace with your children so you can stay alive. We are your protection. Will you be one of us? We go on this dangerous mission knowing that some of us will not return, but will ascend to our next position in a storm to heaven as Elijah the prophet did. We go there with devotion and dedication. We ask you to be our protection through your prayers. Protect us by going beyond yourselves through spirituality and good deeds. Pray for us. Pray that you will not see another mother bury her son. Pray that you will not see our women as widows raising our children in tears. Pray that our children will grow up knowing who their fathers are. Pray that we eliminate the terrorists who aim to destroy us and that we do not harm innocent women and children. Please, we implore you, as you read this, don't just move on to the next thing you do. Say a chapter of Psalms. Awaken King David to ask the Almighty for full redemption and peace for the whole world. Take upon yourself another good deed. And please pass this on. I am sure your prayer will make a difference. Remember, we are in this together. We are on the front lines with weapons and you fight with us in your prayers. 
every word of your prayer gives us strength, protection, and success. May we hear good news and may God have mercy on us. Very moving. Yeah, I have a son who's down there right now fighting, and I'm praying very, very hard for him and for all of the soldiers and for all of the people and for the entire nation of Israel. Everyone should return home safely. I want to uh, restate uh, this. I stated on the I think it was the first show that I did on Sunday, Saturday night, that on the holiday, and it's the Sabbath, we don't drive our cars. We, we don't drive. We don't use uh, you know devices and everything. But because there was a call-up, for this emergency, this, this war, people on the streets with their phones, wearing their talis, their talitot, uh, that's the white uh, shawl that the men wear with prayer the shawl. fringes, prayer shawl, thank you. Yeah. And on their cell phones, loading their carts with the trunks up and, and putting their bags in the car, running off to their military uh, calling their military base, kissing their wives goodbye, hugging their children goodbye. And I stood there watching this because my son was already called up and my son-in-law was already on duty as well. But I was watching this and thinking, and tears coming out of my eyes, thinking, are they going to return? Are they going to return? It's very, very uh, heartbreaking. I, I, just very heartbreaking. When we dropped when we dropped our son off Saturday evening, and unfortunately my Shabbat got ruined at about 9 a.m. <laughs> when my son um, told me what happened, and uh, he got activated, and he, we, we had to drop him off at a rally point early that evening, and uh, man, it was uh, it was heavy. It was um, you know. You're driving there. There's not a lot of people on the roads, and uh, you're headed to this rally point, and you know that all the cars in front of you are all going to the same place. You're all following the same route, and you got there, and you know, um, uh, couples embracing and saying goodbye. Um, other guys just like you know, with their achim, their brothers, their other comrades showing up, and you know. With their swagger and bravado and other people, it was uh, it was powerful. And then you're dropping your son off there, and you know that when he gets to where he's going, he's going to turn his phone in, and that uh, we may very well not hear from him until whatever this is happening is over. And it's um, torture. You torture, torture. And all I can say is thank God. And I mean that most sincerely that I'm in Israel and that I'm not back in America because if I was watching this from America, it would be intolerable. I don't know how I, I don't know. I don't know how I would make it through that. So thank God I'm here. All right. Uh, you should be strong. We should all be strong and support each other. Um, Matt, we have another guest on now. We have joining us Shlomo Benzaken. Shlomo was in Jerusalem this morning as uh, the red alert sirens went off when uh, missiles were launched from Gaza to the Jerusalem area. Shlomo, are you with us? Yes, I am. Okay, why don't you tell us your experiences? Well, um, you know, it's it's a little of a wake-up call because you're you're in Jerusalem and uh, you would expect, and I was on King George Street, if anyone knows of that center of town. It's a major street, yeah. Yeah, major street, and the street was pretty much empty. You know, there was one or two cars going by, um, hardly any people on the street. Um... (sighs) Not a good situation, put it that way. But it's 
what happens. I mean, uh, I remember this from Corona, but, um, you know, we're in a war right now, and, and it's, it's, it's difficult to swallow that. Uh, we're in a full-fledged war. Um, and uh, now they're, you know, sending, they're sending missiles all over Israel. And I happened to have been in Jerusalem while that was happening, of course. You know, I did what uh, you're supposed to do, which is uh, find the, the, uh, the innermost uh, place. I wasn't near any uh, bomb shelter, so I just found the innermost uh, place to, to, you know, just um, lie on the floor. Or put my hand, hand yeah. yeah, finding cover. So, um, you know, I, I, I just thought to myself, and I just heard this from your last uh, speaker, that, you know, I, I just can't picture myself anywhere else in the world right now. I mean, I, I don't know what I would be doing if I was sitting in America and watching this from the sidelines. This really would be very difficult. So I thought to myself, I said, well, what can people do that are sitting in America for Israel? And if you don't mind, I just I just jotted down five things. Is that okay? Can I share it with the listeners? Absolutely. Okay. So first and first, foremost, open uh, Aliyah Tik. Okay, this is what we should be doing. A, a you know, file, a, a apply, apply for Aliyah. Apply Making, for Aliyah, even if you know you're not sure when you're going to do it. Just open up that file, okay? Because ultimately speaking, this is where we need to be. All the Jews have to be in Israel, and you can imagine the response when these Arabs see us in droves running to the, you know, to to the offices and opening up these aliyatics. I mean, it's just. Uh, it definitely makes a sentence, a, a statement. Okay, that's number one. Number two, and this might seem exactly opposite of what uh, people are thinking right now, but this is to me, this is so plain as day. It's drop everything and jump on a plane to Israel right now. Okay, fill up the planes. Everyone should know. Wow, all the Jews from all over the world are coming to Israel in the middle of a war and supporting their brothers. Okay. That's number two. Number three, this is so important tomorrow because I, I'm getting so many feeds from Arabs. Uh, uh, I don't know how they got into my Facebook or whatever, and they're sending all this garbage about, uh, uh, I don't even want to share with what, what they're sending, but we need Profanity. to dominate. Yeah, it, it's, yeah I, I need, we need to dominate the social media uh, airwaves. Okay, there's no way. It can't be a situation where Jews are not sending, like, five times a day, ten times a day, something out there is saying we support Israel and what we're doing, we're with them, and they're doing the right thing. Okay, the world needs, I mean, Biden, I was so shocked. Biden made the speech that was so uh, supportive of us and said, you know, we're with you every step of the way. We need to support him. Okay, we need to support that thing. She should not be alone. We cannot have a situation where the Arabs are dominating the social media airwaves. That's number three. Number four. Support monetarily all the all the settlements that are on the front lines. Okay, you have to understand what's going on right now. People are have you know still have to support their families in the middle of this war, and uh, you know I'm, I'm in real estate. You can imagine real estate just kind of shut down right now. So uh, we need to support monetarily. Find a person, find a family, adopt a family. Okay, someone living on the front lines, especially. And help them in every which way you can. And number five, this might be the most important, of course, and it's learn Torah, okay? As much Torah as you can, do a lot of chesed, a lot of good deeds for your fellow Jews, and of course, 
pray for the success of Am Yisrael against their enemies. This is first and foremost. Of course, it goes with your support monetarily. It goes with the Hasbara, with, 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 with dominating the social air, media airwaves. It goes with us doing what we have to do, which is fighting our enemies physically. Okay, But we need all of these things for us to do what we need to be doing. So I hope I didn't take too much of your time, uh, Tamar. I hope this message gets to the people that it needs to get to, and I hope that people will join us, join together. All Jews come together in Ahdut. Unity. One, unity, everyone together. I don't care, left, right, Haredi, Chiloni, I don't care. This is, you know, it's amazing, and you see this black and white that the Jews, no matter what we've been fighting about and politically and everything before, everyone's coming together right now, everybody. Okay, we have, we're unified, and that, that unity cannot stop. Any, anyone, no one can stop us, okay? It's our, it's our secret weapon. So, Ardut, get together, support each other, push aside all the other um, things that we have, any differences that we have between us, and let's work together and drive our enemy out of the country, okay? We need to finish, finish Hamas till the end and take back Aza once and for all. We cannot, we need to fully populate Aza with Jewish people and Bring peace make there. something of it. Not the way it looks right now. Yeah. Okay? Shlomo, that was so beautiful what you said. So beautiful. Really. I'm, I'm, I couldn't have said it better myself. Call the Lord. <laughs> all all right. Best to you. All the respect to you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye, guys. Enjoy. Bye-bye. All right. Wow. That was very, very good and powerful. Yes, I encourage Jews, make Aliyah. You know, we are going through a very difficult time right now, but I'm going to say what I wrote on my community WhatsApp group today. We know how this story is going to end. We know we are going to win. We know we're going to be victorious. We know that uh, the Jews are going to come out on top and we are going to be a light into the world and all of mankind will benefit from this because we care about all of mankind. And uh, it's just that the journey getting there can be very dangerous. And right now, it's a dangerous journey. There are people who want to prevent that from happening and uh, people who um, hate the Jewish people, hate God, and they're trying to stop it in every way they can, but we will persevere. We will persevere. So, you know, so, you know, part of my daily prayers is that the Jewish people find unity before God sends an enemy to teach us. Well, okay, didn't happen. So now we have the learning opportunity, and I have to tell you, it's working. Uh, you see people are coming together. There is no left-right division any longer. And um, the left pe- leftist peace movement that was sort of kind of revitalizing itself, I think, is gone forever. Uh, and I listen, I think uh, on the other side of the horror, there is opportunity for growth and greatness. You know, um, we will come through it. It's just a matter of how costly it will be. Yeah, right. Right. The journey is dangerous, so we have to do what we're supposed to do. You know, buckle yeah. your seatbelt, do the things you're supposed to be doing. And we know what the buckling your seatbelt means. It means doing, as we said, good deeds, turning to God, doing tshuva, which is to repent and to change our ways and to get rid of the, the, the tuma, the impurity, the impure things in our life, like all the gaming and internet things that are that are 
a all waste the, of all time. All the all the meaningless things. Yes, all the meaningless the, things yes. that occupy our space. Yes, yes. And here's something about cyber. Let me read this to you, Matt. This, I received this on WhatsApp today. It says this posted. Uh, this is posted and translated from another site, uh, and says Hamas currently has hundreds of cell phones of kidnapped or dead people. Yes. This yes. allows them to do many things, such as, one, withdrawing funds from the bank account or using credit cards to steal funds or making purchases of equipment, infrastructure, plane tickets, etc. So be aware of that. Put a lock on your phone, everybody. Two, using social accounts, Instagram, Facebook, instant messages, WhatsApp, Instagram, etc. to carry out passive listening, fraud, or striving to contact a stolen identity. I want to put something in here. There's still more to read, but I have to share something with you all. I was watching the news today, and they interviewed a young woman who was crying her eyes out because when they were running to the safe room, to their bomb shelter, she ran with her mother, and uh, one, someone else called and said, quick, quick, open your grandmother's Facebook. They were saying this actually to the mother. Open your mother's Facebook. And they didn't understand why. And this is as they're hiding in the bomb shelter. And the mother was so nervous and crying that she couldn't do it. She wasn't able to control her herself and she wasn't able to open it up so her daughter took the phone from her hands and opened up the Facebook of her grandmother they did not know anything happened to her yet and when they opened up the Facebook page they saw there posted on her wall a video from her phone of her body mutilated bloody lying in a puddle of blood in her home uh, this is how they were alerted to the death of their mother and grandmother. Right now, there are red alerts going on all over uh, Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem red alerts. is lighting up. Yeah, Jerusalem as, uh, uh, and uh, the, the neighborhoods near Jerusalem as well. Mivaseret Sion and uh, Malea Hamisha. I'm, I'm not sure. Betar Elite, Betar Elite, Jerusalem North. Yeah, keep, keep reading it, please. You can't keep up with them. You can't keep up with them. Um, Jerusalem Center, Jerusalem South, Neve Daniel, which is in Gush Etzion, uh, more Betar Elite, um, uh, Ain Karim, which is Jerusalem, um, the Ain Karim Boarding School, Beit Zayit. Uh, that was a huge salvo. I don't even know. I can't. You can't even keep up with the numbers. Wow! And here comes some more. Yeah, I'm getting a, a, an update now. Jerusalem. Then in the Gush north. Etzion. Look, I told you I have a friend who was in his uh, mamad or his safe room in in Efrat, which is basically Bethlehem. Okay. I wish uh, the rockets would land on Bethlehem instead. Uh, we have we have a red alert siren here right now. Uh, Matt, I'm going to leave. You take over. All right. I've got to okay. go take shelter. All right. Be safe and come back. I, I will right. be coming back, but it may take a few minutes. I'm sorry, everyone. Matt will okay. hold you through. All right. Well, everyone, I mean, that's that's life right now in Israel. So uh, it's live radio. What can I say? Um, tomorrow we're going to we're going to pray to get into that room safely and get back here. 
Um, again, I wish I could tell you all the places that are getting um, rockets right now, but it's just, wow. And it just keeps coming. You can't keep up on top of it. Um, this is... Uh, it's overwhelming, you know, and, and, and I'll tell you, I, I personally, I have to try to stop thinking about it. You know, I get myself ready. I mean, forget doing work or studying or, or anything like that. You can't concentrate anything. The only thing you can do is try to, like, I don't know, fix something in your house or, or uh, go shopping for more <laughs> bottled water or is your uh, blast shutters all shut down. We're, nowhere else in the world do you have to worry about this stuff. And um, it's very difficult. And you can't allow yourself to think about the minutia and the details. And you can't allow yourself to think about, you know, I feel guilty. If I'm sitting in my living room with my wife and we have the TV off and we're having lunch together and we're talking about something and, you know, we wind up laughing. Uh, like there's not a problem in the world. Like we're sitting here in our living room and... It's just another day in paradise, and then you, you forget about what's going on outside you because we don't have sirens. We're not running to our safe room every every you know few minutes, and then you think about the rest of the country, and you think about what all of these poor poor human beings had to endure, and and what the family members of those people have to deal with and have to think about uh it, it just it overwhelms you um then you go out in the street and you walk around and everybody's somber you don't hear any chitter chatter you don't hear horns and you hear a lot of horns in israel <laughs> but not now um it's just very difficult it's powerful you know i always ask myself i've been living in israel for just over three years and getting ready to make aliyah you always ask yourself you know it, it's probably an inevitability. How will uh, how will you, you you handle it? So, um, unfortunately, I'm I'm getting to find out. Um, and what Shlomo said to any of my Jewish brothers out there: Please start applying for Aliyah. It's 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 really critical. Um, uh, here's an update from the United States uh, State Department. Apparently, nine Americans were amongst the murdered uh, civilians by Hamas in the south. I'm hoping that has some effect. Uh, unfortunately, I don't mean to, you know, forgive me. That's not what I I meant to say. It's just, uh, it just seems Israeli lives are cheap. And when it's just Israelis, people don't seem to to really care. And you know, uh, I guess one of the one of the weird things is uh, so many people have been reaching out to me from America. I mean, people I haven't talked to since high school, people or college, it's, uh, thirty years. And uh, wow, tomorrow's back, awesome, awesome. Yeah, hi. And you know, and you know how bad it is. I was just telling I was just telling our listeners how many people from America have been reaching out to me. And you know, with all the rounds that we've had in, in the past, you know. Not a lot of people reach out to you. Everybody has. That's sort of the barometer that you know how bad it is. <laughs> yeah. 
That's right. <laughs> and I was That's explaining right. to the listeners, you know, I was like, you know, when you don't have the news on, you're sitting, you know, when you, you know, in the town that I live in, it's it's quiet, you know, and, and we're sitting here and you, you're having lunch with your wife and you're sitting around laughing and then you feel guilty because you're laughing and you know that how many millions of people are not laughing and probably will be probably be a very long time before they laugh again yeah there was a funeral today also in jerusalem of a uh, a, a lone soldier a, a, a soldier in the idf who does not have any family here because they uh were, their family lives overseas and they're asking people to please show up to the funeral so he's not yeah those i've been to those there the, you thousands of people show up to those yeah yeah, it's a uh, big support here in Israel. So uh, I just want to uh, go back. Uh, thank God, first of all, nothing happened here, though we did hear a few explosions. Uh, so those were obviously, I hope they were interceptions and not uh, explosions of of anything that uh, s- slammed into the a- a- any places nearby. Um, I, I want to get back, though, to what we are facing here in Israel uh, with these terrorists, that this this young woman... Uh, and her mother found out that their mother, the grandmother, was murdered, slaughtered in her home uh, on her Facebook page because the terrorists took her phone and audaciously, disgustingly, had the audacity and monstrous sense of humor to think that they can do this to people. And, and... and they did this and put it on her face. That she said, the, the the young woman said, "I will never get this image out of my head ever." And she was the public crying display was part of the, the part of the operation. Yeah, they want to de de uh, dehumanize us. They want they want to um, no, that's not the word. They demoralize us. Yes, they want yes. to demoralize us. I think um, it will have the opposite effect. Oh yeah, I I can tell you wherever the state. Of Israel, the government here is not uh, doing things. The people of Israel are really, uh, really uh, active right now. I'll go into that a little bit later. I just want to finish this this post here with uh, the stolen phones from uh, the dead and from the from the um, kidnapped. It says uh, they're using their uh, social. Uh, social accounts like Instagram, Facebook, etc. They have access now to passwords of email accounts or services such as work, health insurance, airlines, etc. And also uh, registering for new services with a stolen identity. They're using these phones for. And the last, uh, no, there's another two here. Um, they are. Uh, they break into networks and systems to which the phone was previously connected. For example, by receiving a two-step verification code or applications that are installed on the device and give access to services such as security systems. Six, they distribute false information, malware, or malicious links. Oh, I got a whole bunch of emails today saying, are you okay? Can we do something to help? And I'm looking at the names. I don't recognize them. And then they've got links in them. And I'm just delete, delete, delete. I know that these are poisonous emails. Um, And it says here what to do. It's really hard to say depending on the assessment of the situation and each case individually. Here are some examples. Update the banks and insurance companies and freeze Internet and phone operations. Request a report on any action. Two, freeze the credit cards. Three, request a replacement SIM card from the cellular company and take ownership of all 
accounts. Then set up two-step verification for a new number. Four, to update uh, the national cyber system uh, about any such case. And, um, and again, these are suggestions. You don't have to do them. But I think a two-step verification is smart. And a lock on your phone is smart, too, so they can't even get into it. Uh, because uh, this is horrible. I mean, like, some poor woman whose husband went off to war and they killed him, God forbid, or kidnapped him and took his phone, can take all the money out of their account. And she's left uh, as a widow, God forbid, uh, with nothing. So y- you've got to be careful. This is uh, just another thing that we're facing here. Go ahead. Matt. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I was just listening to that story and then I started drifting. I've been getting warnings too. I was even told that if you know of anybody who's in your WhatsApp groups who have disappeared, get out of the WhatsApp group. Yeah, they say you should so, also make sure people can't just join that. You have to approve everyone. So that's yeah. uh, so, helpful. I will tell you, i just like to say, you know, one of my, uh, I don't want to say, Anyway, the uh, the hopes that uh, the barbarity of this attack makes our um, leaders a little bit more serious uh, about eliminating the enemy instead of just what what they refer to as cutting the grass, you know, just like putting a lid on it for a little bit. The uh, defense minister Gallant uh, has compared our enemies. Uh, to animals, there will be a complete siege of Gaza. They are animals, and we will treat them accordingly. They're, they're monsters. Animals don't do this to, to other animals. That's what I said. Now, you know, I, you know I, was thinking, I was reading that. I go, well, that's not really nice to animals. But uh, hopefully, hopefully they will be serious. I did see, you know, I know that uh, parts of Gaza that I, they must be pretty certain don't have hostages in them have been taking um, uh, like a real pounding. Um, I guess it's a start. I'd like to inflict some serious pain. I think everybody else would too. You know, I was uh, texting with a friend of mine who's in uniform on the southern border. And uh, I mean, God bless his brother. He's like, you know, he, he doesn't, you know, he wants to do his job and he wants to go kill as many Hamas as possible. But even the soldiers down there are very sensitive about the, uh, the collateral damage. And, uh, I have mixed feelings with it because it's so it's been so bad that I don't think. Look, I have a lot of friends that live down there. Uh, my son's in the army. I have uh, other people who are up on reserve duty right now, and and I don't want to I don't want to minimize the the sanctity of human life. But there's not a single soul in Gaza that's worth more than um, an Israeli citizen. What can I say? This is this is absolutely true. Uh, we have to take care of our own first. If not, what kind of people are we? And, uh, and, and, and justly, though. We do it justly. We want to have uh, someone else on now. So probably you probably haven't heard that much about it uh, in, on the social media or on the news. And that is what's going on in the home front with people who are not at the border, not fighting, but people who are supporting the soldiers. Because remember, people were called up. Some had to leave the synagogue on the holiday, and they went straight from the synagogue. Some were able to go home and pack a few things. But the soldiers don't have all of the things that they need. And they don't even, many of them don't even have proper food. So uh, we are going to have somebody on right now join us who is one of the heroic women in Israel who are running around with her car, picking up things, bringing supplies to soldiers. She's going to tell us all about that. I want to welcome to the show Jenny Menasha. 
Okay. Jenny, do you hear me? Yeah, I hear you, Tamar. Okay. All right. So tell us, uh, tell, tell us what you're doing. What's going on in the home front here? So we've got coordination. A lot of the bases that were normally bases that might have 30 soldiers, they now maybe have 100 soldiers. All these soldiers, extra soldiers, have been called up. In addition, there's different groups that are going out and doing checks and, and driving around and making sure everything's clear, looking for terrorists, all these kind of things. So there's, there's triple, quadruple the number of soldiers and bases that normally would be there when, when there's a time of peace. So the bases are used to having to feed 30 people. All of a sudden they're having to feed 100, 120 people. They haven't got the supplies. We are getting the local residents to cook food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, so there's extra food, um, provide sheets, towels, underwear, socks, uh, toothbrushes, shampoo, hygienic, whatever, equipment, uh, toothpaste, all this kind of stuff that a lot of these soldiers, like you said, a lot of them left from the synagogue on Saturday morning and just went in the car and straight away went to wherever they had to go. They have nothing with them. A lot of people grab their, their what they call their bet uniform, their their regular uniform as opposed to their dress uniform, their work uniform, and off they went. And so we're slowly it's coming back to the local communities what the soldiers in the local bases need, what the soldiers in the area need, what they're missing, pillows, sheets, uh, blankets, all kinds of things. And we're running around posting and then organizing and providing the soldiers with whatever they need. All right. And so uh, when when you go to the soldiers, who do you who do you give all this stuff to? Do you do, do you go to the base and dump it someplace? Like how does it work? Explain to our listeners. So last night I got a call out that there were a lot of people who didn't have towels and didn't have sheets. And I posted in our community and lots of people were willing to give me towels and sheets and I picked them up and I took them straight up to the army base to somebody on the base who was organizing. Again, there's somebody in the in the base who organizes all this kind of stuff. And we delivered it, and then the soldiers who needed were able to come. Somebody else went and picked up, um, under went and bought. And they found a store that was open, and they were able to buy underwear, socks in all different sizes and bring them to the base also, toothbrushes, shampoo, soap, all these kind of things. And any soldiers who didn't have what they needed could come and just take what they needed. It's it's so beautiful to see people working together. And I want to say I was watching the news today and they were showing in a grocery store in Israel how the, the store shelves were becoming empty. And my first thought was hoard. People are hoarding now because of the war. But as he kept talking, he was saying, what what are they taking? They're they're buying snacks like, you know, potato chips and, and bisley, Bamba. Bamba, all these things that are, are Israeli snack foods. They're buying underwear, they're buying socks, they're buying phone chargers, and then it clicked in my head. Oh, they're buying this for soldiers to give to the sure. soldiers. And, and the, 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 gro- the person in the grocery store was saying that, we're, you know, as soon as we stock the shelves, they're empty again. People are coming in and they're purchasing th- these things and donating them to the soldiers. It was just so beautiful to see. And, and, and like Matt was saying and, and others were saying, Shlomo and, and others, that there was no left wing, there was no right wing. We're all one nation and we're all supporting our soldiers. It, it was beautiful right. to see. We, we yeah, my son, have, my son up north a, said that uh, everybody, the, the locals are so great. They're taking care of them. They, 
they're taking care of everybody like it's their own child. We don't have a standing army. We don't have a professional army where people decide that that's what they're going to do with their career. 70% of our army are our young 20, 18 to 21 year old kids who do their, their, their mandatory army service, the conscripted army service. And the rest of it is people who are on reserve duty. So many stores are closed now. All the bus drivers who would normally drive buses for the public are now taking soldiers down south, taking people up north wherever they need to go. And every, and the locals are picking up the slack. So whether it's food, whether it's um, hygienic products, bedding, linen, whatever it is, we're all we're all doing our part. Do you it's have beautiful. Jenny? Do you have enough? Um, um, I guess donations. Do you have enough drivers to deliver donations? Or so yeah, there's there's people around who are willing to drive. Um, it's a matter of coordinating everything. It's a lot of coordination because very often what happens is we'll send up out a WhatsApp and they'll say we need people to help with breakfast. And then people are calling out, we'll do breakfast, and we're like, oh, we already got breakfast covered. Like, it's right. that you do, um, because do, of the WhatsApp. Do you do a certain geographic area, or do you cover bases all around the country? So we're covering, we have a base that's attached to the village where we live. There's another, okay. there's a, now, normally we say there's 30, 40 soldiers there. There's now more than 100 soldiers there, and there's another 300 soldiers in the area that are looking for infiltrations in the general area. So right. we're providing to different places, whereas, what's needed. So whatever we're told is needed. Somebody got in touch with me. We need four, you know, these sandwich makers, these panini sandwich makers. So I put a notice out. We had four people who donated right away. Whatever it is. Do you guys have, do you you have like a a a PayPal account or anything like that if people want to help defray some of your expenses? There's a pay box. There's a pay box account. And there's different organizations that are doing this. So... If people look online or if people know people that live in Israel, they can contact the people that live in Israel. They'll give them the local pay box or PayPal, and people can mm-hmm. donate that way. All right, Jenny, we are, I'm going to say goodbye. We're having another red alert sirens in the south of Israel, and we have more updates to give. I want to thank you so much, Jenny. God bless you for taking care of our soldiers and for organizing things and driving and, and all the things that you do. Thank and you. We all do what we can do. You're doing what you can do. And I do what I can do. We all do what we can do. God bless you. Thank you so much, Jenny. Uh, I just want to say this red alert sirens right now in Yad Mordechai, Karmia, uh, Nativa, Sarah. This is all the Gaza envelope in Erez. Uh, this is all the communities around in Gaza. There's another Those update. are all the communities that were infiltrated that had Hamas cells running all over them uh, the last two days. Yeah, I want All to say also in a previous uh, uh, red alert rockets in in uh, the uh, in uh, in the Jerusalem area. That's when I actually I went into my had to go into my bunker as well. The news now is reporting on uh, two hurt. Uh, there were direct hits in uh, Haradar and. Uh, Okay, so it, that, that headline just, just left me. But Haradar and, and some other uh, community, I believe it was in Gush Etzion or in that area. So we're praying for the safety of uh, the people there. Uh, you wanted my, to give I, out uh, an announcement also. Yeah, I was, um, I'm monitoring English uh, news on I-24. And uh, right now the scene switched, and they're talking about the rockets in Jerusalem. But there was also uh, three soldiers, uh, three Israeli soldiers injured in an exchange of fire in the north. So right. I don't there know if that a, was artillery. That, I don't know if that was that artillery That was from a Khadira. That was from an infiltration 
uh, of okay. uh, terrorists uh, that that infiltrated there, and there was a gunfight, and I, I believe, and uh, and those soldiers were wounded. The terrorists, two of those terror, uh, no, it was more, three or four terrorists. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I don't know. I saw several. I, I saw several several right infiltrators, three injured. Yeah. Well, so we're wishing a, a full and speedy recovery for our soldiers that were injured there. Yeah. Uh, I want to say also that in addition to the uh, rocket and missile fire from southern Lebanon and or Syria, they can join in. That's also in the north of Israel uh, on us. We have what was called a Hadira or Hadirot is the plural. And that is when you have an infiltration of uh Terrorists. Now, these terrorists, I believe, I don't know, I don't have it, I don't have the information in front of me. I believe they did not come through the border fence. We know, the Israeli government knows that the Hezbollah has dug tunnels in the north as well. In fact, I remember speaking to an IDF soldier who was serving up there years ago, um, talking maybe like six, seven years ago, that when he was lying in his bunker up north, he would see the pictures moving on the wall and he would hear it rat tat 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 rat tat 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 and he said someone's digging under here it was right under i mean he felt it and he saw the pictures moving on his wall and they told the israeli authorities and uh they said yeah we're taking care we're taking care of it but i think that they're yeah we're kicking the can down the road we're kicking the can down the road um, so well, I have to tell you, I was in I was in Metula on a security tour, uh, and this was going back probably a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. I don't know, whatever. Um, and we were talking to a guy who who had the honor of owning the furthest, of uh, the house furthest north in Israel, and the, these people told us we feel the floors vibrating at night. We know they're tunneling. We call yeah. the IDF. They want. Um, the citizens of Matula want a second road opened up into there because they're afraid of uh, Hezbollah infiltration that cuts off the only escape route. It's, I mean, I'll tell you what, the brothers that live up there, psh, God bless them. <laughs> uh, one of the biggest uh, uh, scenes of the massacre of and the slaughtering of people here in Israel was at a a uh, concert, uh, a party that they had near Gaza uh, in one of the Jewish communities there. And uh, it was called, what is it called? The Nature the Nature Festival? I forget what it was. Something like that, yeah. A bunch of hippies going down to the desert, you know. To... They, they, and they weren't hippies. They're youth. They're just youth. But it's yeah, warm okay. weather. But it's yeah, nice. Whatever. 260 bodies they found there of our young people, 260 bodies the Israeli authorities found there. And many of them, by the way, were uh, uh, shot and then dragged into Gaza as well. And um, they're being held prisoner there. Uh, some of the girls were raped. And uh, some there's uh, stories, more gruesome stories. I, I don't want to give it out now because I don't have it verified, but... Um, a lot of I'm looking here in the Times there. of Ill. Excuse me for interrupting. Yes, IDF confirmed striking Lebanon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Israel is now uh, has a two front, uh, multi multi front uh, war. Uh, I maybe they no. can contain some of it on the north. Maybe they can try to. Get Let's a bit sure hope we'll so. See. We shall see. Let's sure hope so. Yeah. 
So, you know, um, and, and I have to tell you, Tamar, something, and, and, and I really, it, it, the point is to not upset people, is to, to give people um, a glimpse of the reality here on the ground. Um, so, you know, I have a friend that lives on a border kibbutz. He's spent, with his wife and two young kids, more than 12 hours in their safe room listening to gun battles. I haven't heard from him since Saturday night. But what do you do with the bathroom when you're in a safe room for over 12 hours with your family and your daughters and your wife? And you think about how do you keep your children from flipping out? How do you keep yourself from flipping out? And I I don't think people really, really reflect on that. And, uh, it just, it, you know, Not unfortunately, I can't help it. If I, you know, I start thinking about it and, it and it gets you and you try to find something to change the channel between your ears. <laughs> I, I think one of the one of the hardest things for these families and they've said it, I heard them say it, is while they were sitting for hours hiding in the bomb shelters, they kept thinking, where is the army? Yep. Where is our rescue? And nobody was coming. My friend, my friend's reserve unit was calling him up. He's like, I'm not coming. I can't come. Come and get me. It, it, you know? it, it's a very, very hard scene. Uh, many of these things that we're seeing. I mean, I, I, I tried to pepper this with some of the good responses that we're seeing the people of Israel doing. There was an interview also today in the news I was watching uh, of a man who was evacuated from his kibbutz in the, in the south on the on uh, close to the border of Gaza and uh he was uh, brought to a a place where he could stay i think it was a uh maybe a, a small hotel and he was complaining that the state the government of israel not the people of israel the government of israel has barely helped him he said i've been taken away from my home i am a sick man i don't have my medicines because i was evacuated i don't have anything they haven't given me uh, a replacement. They haven't had a social worker come and ask what they need and to replenish their pills and to see if there's anything else that they need, people that they need to contact. He said, I haven't gotten anything. The only people that are helping me are the people of Israel, the civilians, but no help is coming from the government. He was, he was furious. And I, I think that this should be a wake-up call, by the way, to all of us, that we need to be prepared, especially if you're living in Judea and Samaria, which is surrounded by many Arab villages who are sharpening their knives and waiting to come in and for their slaughter on the inside, uh, in the in the center of Israel on the Yishuvim. That yeah, we up, up cannot north you got the wait. Same situation. What? Up north is pretty much the same situation. Yeah. All the communities are surrounded by Arabs. Yeah, and down south also. Uh, by the way, why did he have to leave his kibbutz? Because I'll, I'll tell you. Remind me to tell you in a second, okay? Because I just want to finish. Because they it. couldn't protect him. But, okay, but there's another reason. So remind me. I want to get back to that. But okay. And now I forgot. I'm having a senior moment. All right. So all right, I know. Right. I'm me. telling you. I have okay. a sieve for brain. It's, it's so right. overwhelming. Let me tell right, you why so, he left uh, his kibbutz. Let me tell you why he left his kibbutz. All right. There was a woman today who was interviewed on the news, who miraculously. 
She was kidnapped by the terrorists. They, she heard the shooting. She hid inside of her closet. Her neighbor had dropped off I, two of her kids, a four-month-old a four and a, maybe three-year-old. I don't remember how the other one was, maybe three years old or four years old. And I don't know why the mother couldn't be there, but she, she dropped them off at, at this woman's house, and they were in the they were hiding. And the terrorist, she could hear the shooting. She could hear the yelling. She could hear the screams of other houses near her where they're dragging people out of their houses and either killing them and or taking them hostage. And then they broke into her house and they found her and they grabbed her and pulled her out of the closet with the kids. She had one kid uh, uh, that uh, the, the, the one of the terrorists took and put him on his shoulders and she was holding the four-month-old and they were pushing them out of the house and she saw as she left her house puddles of blood, dead bodies, houses on fire. The whole section of her kibbutz was flattened. It was burnt to the ground with just dead bodies and blood and she was she was just in shock. She was, she, she was screaming and crying. They were pushing her, pushing her towards the Gaza border, making her walk. And the kid that was being held by the terrorists was screaming, he wants her, he wants her. He, he. And so finally she was able to take them. And as they're walking through the, the fence to the Gaza border, some, something miraculous happens. And the terrorists looks at the, they, they, they were terrorists. They looked at her and they made a hand movement like skedaddle. I don't know why, but they they told her to go. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they were called to do something else. They uh, I, I don't know what the situation was. The but luckiest person in Israel. She started to walk back. Now the other terrorists were coming behind them with other hostages. They saw her and they didn't know that she was released, but they didn't bother her and she was able to walk back to her kibbutz and Hashem, she yes, was being looked after yes yes and they don't know where the mother is of these children and everyone's trauma she was crying all over the microphone when they were interviewing her it was a horrible situation but this is why people cannot go back home because there is no more home they're gone the kibbutzes were they were, were decimated in many, many of those places go ahead Matt. did you see did you see in the chader ochel which is the dining room of a kibbutz and was on the um, um, God, I forgot. I think it was Nacha uh, Oz uh, or something down in the kibbutz on the border, and the body bags were lined up in the in the dining room. I mean, entire families are gone. You know, and neighborhoods they burned them out. It was, uh, and I have to tell you something. So, I scratch my head as I hate to say it as an American. I mean, I'm Israeli now, but, you know, I came here when I was, what, 54. So I'm pretty stinking American. Uh, I Second Amendment enthusiast. I was a shooter. I owned guns. I carried guns. For the life of me, I do not understand the gun laws in this country. And I know they're loosening up now with handguns. But I was watching video of Stayrote and many other communities in the South where I thought, you know, if they were allowed to have rifles with high-capacity magazines, they would have been engaging people from windows. I, it's just, it just. Matt, I know, have uh, another few uh, uh, updates here in the news uh, of the last missile barrage that was in the Jerusalem area. That was the one where I had to run to the bomb. Uh, I, I say I had to run to the bomb shelter, but folks, to be honest with you, 
I don't have a bomb shelter in my home. So we just put mattresses up against the windows. And I've got, as I said, I've got like seven grandchildren here with me and, um, and, and other children. And, uh, and so we had to go in a bedroom. The, the one that was the least uh, exposed to a rocket fire and we put mattresses up against the window, told all the kids to go sit down on the floor below the window in case it, it, uh, any shrapnel or, or missiles come you know, nearby and explode. Okay. Uh, I just, How are the kids handling it? How are your grandkids handling it? You know what? I went in there smiling and, and one of my grands was saying, she was saying, um, Safta, Safta, you know, grandma, grandma, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, how did he say it in Hebrew? Uh, or he said, yesh, yesh there's like red alert sirens, there's sirens. And I just looked at him, I smiled and I like rubbed the top of his head, you know, and I said, yeah, look at that. There's a siren. Wow. Yeah. You, know, you got to like keep tough for the kids. It. You got to stay strong. Yeah. 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 So let me give the latest updates here. Uh, Abu Ghosh uh, was, uh, had a, had a hit. Uh, one of the uh, missiles uh, slammed into there. Also, um, and there was uh, in, in Abu Ghosh, uh, this, I'm sorry, Abu Ghosh, uh, a misgad, which is like a... Um, it's a mosque. A mosque was hit, right. And one Arab... In uh, Abu Ghosh. Yes. Sorry, Abu and that's Ghosh. A friendly, that's, a, yes. that's a friendly city. Yes. And he was, uh, and he was injured. Also in Bethlehem, or Bethlehem, there was also a rocket uh, or a missile that fell there. And also in Ramallah. So the Arabs are hitting Arab yeah, now communities. That I'm okay Isn't that with. interesting? They hit their own mosque. They hit uh, Arabs in, uh, in Bethlehem and hit Arabs in uh, Abu Ghosh. And uh, Beitar Elite also had some type of, uh, of uh, hit also. So did, I'm sorry. Did you say they got a mosque in Ramallah, or was just the mosque in Abu Ghosh? The, the mosque, no, no, the mosque in Abu Ghosh is that's the report that I have. Uh, and oh, okay, also, yeah. they're now uh, telling everybody in the northern communities of. Um, I'm trying to see this. Hold on, let me take my microphone a little bit. They're they're doing voluntary evacuations uh, at this point in the northern communities. Yeah, but they're they're also telling everybody that they have to stay in their homes now in the bomb shelters. Uh, in the north of the country and uh, places like Rosh Nikra and uh, the, 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 these news updates are already gone. I was too late to, to tell you. But northern and they move so fast, they disappear. Told, yeah, they've been told to, uh, to, to stay in and uh, be in their bomb shelters. Apparently, they're expecting some type of um, attack from the north again. Great. Um, all right. I'm going to uh, get our last guest on for today. Uh, I'm going to get on somebody from Ashkelon. Ashkelon had two direct hits today from rockets from Gaza, and he's going to talk to us about that. Uh, so, Matt, why don't you take the mic? and? Yeah, sure. Is that, uh, you're gonna get, is that Modi again? Yes, Moti. Right. Moti. Yes. Moti. Interesting. Okay, so uh, while Tamara is getting Moti on, um, well... Say uh, the again the the updates are so fast it's hard to keep on top of them. Um, so the Abu Ghosh to our listeners who are not familiar with is actually an Arab village just west of Jerusalem, which um, has special status here in Israel because in 1948 they didn't just remain neutral; they actually assisted um, the Jewish fighters in uh, trying to. Uh, take get supplies into Jerusalem. So 
that's a very very special city to Israel. A lot of non-observant Jews go like to go there on Shabbat and and buy hummus and grilled meats and stuff like that. It's an amazing city. So I'm I'm sorry uh, that they had to share in the pain. Um, generally, it's a it's a, a bit of Schadenfreude when the when the um, unfriendly Arab villages get hit by their own rockets. Uh, always makes me kind of laugh. It's called Schadenfreude, which is my favorite word. I like to say in the English language, but I guess it's a German word, meaning taking pleasure from someone's pain. So uh, I look forward to immense amounts of Schadenfreude coming out of Gaza and Lebanon. Uh, but I look forward to it all being over much more, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, what else do we have? And I think we touched on it the other day. There's a U.S. Uh, carrier group headed to the coast of Lebanon to try to influence things. I wish that uh, gave me more confidence. Um, anyway, so let's see if we can get to Marbeck. I think there may be a caller on Yes, hold. we have uh, joining us Mr. Ashkelon, a.k.a. Moti, is here with us. He is a resident of Ashkelon. He's been there for many, many years. He's an expert on the city. And he, uh, as I said, Ashkelon had two direct hits today. People were injured. And Moti, I know you also made a video today that you sent around the social media, but where would you like to start? Um, well, what a remarkable day after the horrors of Shabbat and finding all the news yesterday. Um, the military is getting its act together because we can hear the constant pounding of uh, Gaza and the Hamas uh, military posts. Um, but we are also suffering from an enormous number of rockets coming over, not just to Ashkelon, but as far as Yerushalayim, as you know, and the uh, center of the country. Here in Ashkelon, I'm looking from my balcony now, and I can see to my right the smoke billowing, billowing from uh, what I believe is um, a park uh, to the south. To the east, I can see again smoke billowing. Just an hour ago, I witnessed a car being blown to bits as a rocket struck it on one of the main streets. Fortunately, it was in a parked position. That car, I believe nobody was in the vehicle. The vehicle was blown to bits, as were other cars. My building that I live in, which is a high building, it is vibrating. It is moving with the, uh, uh, the rockets, the, the, the uh, impact of the rockets all around us. And, you know, Hamas are just continuing what they started, which is going for the civilians of this country. They are trying to kill every civilian. They're trying to scare every civilian. But this civilian, as, like, as in the case of most civilians in Ashkelon, we're not going to be scared. We're not going to be driven out of our houses. We're going to sit tight. And we have faith in the government and the IDF to uh, stop them once and forever. Well, from your mouth to God's ears, I'm not so... <laughs> I'm not so uh, um, enamored by the government's response, but it is getting better. I do have to say that. And I do hope, as you say, that they finish this once and for all, because we've been through this so many times, kicking the can down the road, and it always explodes six months later, a year later, two years later, and we're back where we were before. So, Well, tomorrow, as you know, I'm an avid 
listener of your show, and I hear time and time again, as, as, as I've seen, I've been uh, in Ashkelon uh, for many years now. I am Mr. Ashkelon, and I've been there for many years. Um, as we've seen, Hamas attack us, Islamic Jihad attack us. And every time we go to fight back and we think, well, maybe this time, maybe this time the government uh, will go the whole way and will actually destroy these terror organizations. But we always seem to stop short. We always seem to stop, either because there, are, there is international pressure to, come, uh, uh, to make a ceasefire, um, or there is uh, 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 other reasons which you know, I've never uh, made clear to uh, us, these civilians. But we come away thinking, you know, once again, we had an opportunity to stop it for good, and it didn't happen. I have to tell you, from the people that I've been speaking with, even those who are a little bit more dovish and would like to have negotiations, even those people are saying, they, they, the uh, Hamas have crossed the red line. I'll tell you what they've done. They've crossed at least 800 red lines. 800, every red line for every person who was shot in cold blood on Shabbat morning on Simchat Torah. 800 red lines they've crossed. And that, so, so the impression I'm getting now is that the Israeli population want to see an end to Hamas. And I'm delighted to see this afternoon that it's not just in Israel. I'm just reading that the European, uh, 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 the European Union has frozen all payments to uh, Palestinians uh, because they're realizing that those payments go to finance arms and an army. They're realizing that, I think, finally. Matt, you want to comment? Yeah, I had a comment. It just escaped my mind, though. I'm just like, I'm so, I'm so burned out. Um, uh, Mati, I know, I know. Uh, on the, the social network of the Ashkelon list, people are pining to do voluntary work. Where can we donate money? Where can we donate food? Where can we make sandwiches for the doctors and the hospitals who are working so hard? Tell, tell us about some of the uh, uh, efforts on the home front to, to help out. Well, we have wonderful, uh, a wonderful area here, a wonderful um, town hall run by a mayor, uh, who, 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 who really does get involved and make sure that the organization is there to cover the incoming donations and the distribution of those donations. So get in touch with the Ashkelon City Council and they will. As it so happens, just as I came back here, uh, I, <laughs> we had had another attack. I was in a building. Another attack uh, happened. Uh, some some uh, more uh, hits. Uh, three or four buildings were were hit, um, and I met a guy who is a volunteer paramedic, and he was just getting onto his electric scooter. Couldn't even stop to say uh, hi properly. Just waved to me and he said, "Yep, yeah, I'm off to the next one." So we have a tremendous number of volunteers, and I would suggest contacting the uh, Ashkelon Town Hall, and they will direct you the right way. All right, Moti, I'm just going to interrupt because we're having a red alert siren now in Beersheva. Uh, people there, citizens are running to their bomb shelters as well, trying to take cover. We're praying for their safety and uh, for an end to, to this. Uh, how the Hamas are still 
shooting at us when they're su- supposedly under such terrible, you know, uh, 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 air air assaults from Israel, and yet they can still shoot at our communities, at Jerusalem, at Ashkelon. Uh, it, it you know, the they mind. should they should learn. I, I I've been thinking today about the word Nakba, and that I would like them to really experience a Nakba. <laughs> and for everybody, the Nakba is what the um, Arabs who identify as Palestinians call our Independence Day. Our day of independence is their day of catastrophe. Right. And uh, it was actually the best thing that ever happened to them, but they're too full of hate and ignorance to realize that. But anyway, so we're hoping now that this barbarity will bring a Nakba for sure, and we can eliminate the problem once and for all. And for the good Arabs, too, that live in, in Aza and hate uh, their corrupt this government. Is the worst, this is the worst. They have it the worst. You know, I have a friend um, who lives uh, in Ain Sorim, which is a religious kibbutz, not far from Ashkelon. stay with us. I still want to ask you something. Go ahead, Matt. And, and they, they, they look, Arabs from Gaza used to work there until they couldn't anymore because of Hamas. Right, right. Uh, we have the same here in Ashkelon, can I just uh, yeah. point out? We have many of the pharmacists, many of the doctors, many of the nurses. They are Arab. They're trained by Israelis to very high standards. They have nothing but to want to live in peace with us. Our, uh, they work alongside uh, Jewish doctors, Jewish nurses, Jewish pharmacists. Everyone gets along fine until you get the Hamas and Islamic Jihad uh, and, and ISIS, Daesh coming in and trying to tear it all to bits, trying to tear it to shreds. And that's what they do. That's what they do. Mati, you had made a video that you put on the social media today, and you were actually calling for uh, not just flattening Gaza, but also for making another bold move. Why don't you tell our listeners about that? Okay, so if we go back uh, to 1947, when the the, the vote in the uh, United Nations, the establishment of the State of Israel, and what was going to be partitioned then, a partitioned state. Of course, the Arabs rejected it. Their response to it was to invade Israel as soon as Israel uh, called for an independent state. So at that point, the Arabs could have had their two-state solution that they claim they want now. Of course, they don't really want it, but that's, that's what they claim for. Um, it's a shame that we didn't turn around and say, okay, you don't want the two-state solution, you won't have any solution at all. And in the, in the, in the uh, uh, War of Independence, it would have been uh, better if we had been able to capture all of Jerusalem, all of Jerusalem. Now, in the following war, in particular 1967, let's come up to 1967, the Jordanians fled once the war started, and we were able to enter the old city. And Moshe Dayan, the history books tell us, didn't want to take on the responsibility of receiving Harhabayit, which I guess is one of the biggest mitzvah, mitzvot of all. Harhabayit, by the way, is the Temple Mount in Jerusalem where the So in Hebrew, we call it Harhabayit. It's known in English as the Temple Mount. And it's where... For those of you who know the biblical stories, um, it was the Holy of Holies in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the, the Holy, holy Temple city, stood. Yeah. And the Holy, the holy Temple, exactly, the Temple stood. 
1967, we had the opportunity to take that, but we didn't. We gave the keys over to the Jordanians, and we allowed them to keep it. Now, what's happened since then is the Arabs have uh, turned the Temple Mount, which they have their mosque on, their golden mosque, their golden temples, um, the Golden Dome, uh, into a focus of rebellion, a focus of Palestinian nationalhood. And, it's become, and that's become stronger and stronger. What we could have done, and it's easy in hindsight, was in 1967 to say, come on, it's ours now, you Jordanians have run away, the Arabs have run away, you Palestinians have gone, it's ours. Um, what I'm saying is, in order to, for once and for all, solve the issue of Yerushalayim, let's take the opportunity of firstly raising Gaza, getting all the terrorists out of there, raise it completely, and then take responsibility, take full ownership of the Temple Mount. Let's take full ownership of it. Because it's, it's become a place for the breeding of terrorism. It's the breeding of terrorism. So let's take control of that. Let's take ownership of it. Oh, and by the way, it's the most holiest site in uh, Judaism. Let's not forget that. Right. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, that, uh, and th- they had said in the beginning of this war that the reason that they're opening fire in Israel and invaded Israel and kidnapped all these people and did all the slaughtering that they did was t- to defend Al-Aqsa. And they, right. they said it was a disgrace that we're abusing it, which right. is Right, and that is, a theme, that is a theme that started a few years ago and it's got stronger and stronger. And now someone sneezes in, uh, in, in the old city of Jerusalem and Hamas claim that we are trying to destroy Al-Aqsa. There's no truth that in it. Theme, that theme started in 19, what, 29? With uh, Hitler's protege, I mean, Al-Husseini? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same playbook. Al-Aqsa's in danger. Slaughter Jews. And they love no. to slaughter Ex- Jews. Except now... Except now what we have is uh, we are facing a terrorist uh, network, be it IS, be it uh, Hamas, uh, be it Islamic Jihad, that has been able to focus so much as to make it. Sorry, uh, I, I need to interrupt you for a moment. Uh, Mati, I'm sorry. There's a red alert sirens now going off in Talmei Yosef, uh, Sadeh Avraham, near Yitzchak, Cholit, uh, Avshalom, uh, Prigan, Sufa, Yated, uh, Dekel, all sorts of uh, communities around Gaza there where uh, people are running for cover and we're praying for their safety. Go ahead, Mati. Yeah, yeah, I can hear. I can hear in the distance an awful lot of Kippah Barzel, which is the Iron Dome, being fired to intercept some of those rockets. So you're hearing um, those big booms again. Every time that happens, the earth moves here. Oh God! Okay, and another red alert siren now in Kfar Aza. Also, that's near Kibbutz Saad. Uh, that's uh, just uh, in the north uh, eastern part of uh, uh, of Gaza before before Gaza. Uh, yeah, I haven't been keeping a tally uh, of the thousands upon thousands of rockets that they've been uh, throwing at us. Um, a yeah, rocket, could you? by the way, within the past hour or so, I understand that it uh, it hit in Beitar Elite, uh, which is pretty yes. close to Jerusalem. Yes, 
Yes. I think it's the first rocket to hit there. Hamas is really trying to hit everywhere. They are giving it all. They are going for the jugular. And that's why we have to go for the jugular in this uh, to fight back. We are fighting for our lives, not in the same way as 73. It's not as existential as in 73. But we need to have an outcome that is not the 73 one where we have to uh, sign a ceasefire when we could have had victory. This, the end of this must result in a victory. And what I'm saying is let's have a victory in, uh, in uh, uh, Gaza, over Gaza, and let's have a victory on the Temple Mount. Because if we can do both of those, then I think we have the terrorists uh, who, who who locate themselves in this part of the world, this tiny part of the world, I think we have them under control. We have them beaten. Yeah, well, they better get ready to tell the Americans to pound sand because you know that that pressure is coming. Eventually, the Americans are going to step in and say, you've hit them hard enough, time to wrap it up. And I just hope our leaders have enough intestinal fortitude to tell them to piss off. Oh, man. You know, I agree. Let's Let's... Let's keep our, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the metal, um, the uh, pedal to the metal on this one um, and, and go at it. Let us, let us be able to, uh, uh, to deal with it in a, in, a, in a quick way and in a way that we can stave off the inter- any international pressure that comes our way. That's beautifully said. Thank you so much, Mutti. God bless you. You stay safe and give our regards to everybody there in Ashkelon, Mr. Ashkelon. Give out your website to everybody. Uh, it's a beautiful place to buy homes and uh, a vacation home or a per- permanent home. It's a, a great place to live right on the Mediterranean Sea. You've got a great English-speaking community over there as well as Israeli and French and uh, Russian and from all over the world. So uh, check it out. It's a laid-back It's a laid back beach town. It's, it's better than Tel Aviv. It's, it's quiet. It is laid-back. We are so laid-back, yeah. That is absolutely yeah. true. And we're so in- inviting to everyone. So come down here Ashton. and have a look. Of course, not today, but in a couple of days' time, come down here and have a look. Yeah. Great. And you I'm can coming down and having a beer Give out you. your website again, Mati, please. Yeah, you can find me on mrashkelon.com, M-R-A-S-A-H-K-E-L-O-N.com. All right. Thank you so much for being with us, Mati, and stay Thank safe. Thank you, Tamar. Thank you. Okay, Take be care. well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, well, that was the last of our guests today. It, it, we've been on for almost two hours, so we're going to start to wrap it up now. Uh, Matt, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about, to say, to share? No, I, I really, I really cover it all. It was, it's just hard to keep up with everything. And, and again, I, I really want to thank you for inviting me to come on with you today. It just, uh, you know, I'm trying to find ways of volunteering. You know, when I was in America, um, proficient with a firearm, I carried one for about 29 years. I was a rifle instructor, and I know I didn't serve in the army here. Uh, I was uh, uh, an EMT. But I'm not proficient in Hebrew, and I would love nothing more to be able to put my skill set. I used to do search and rescue. I'm trained in that. I have to learn Hebrew because I can't. You know, it's like it's uh, I feel really bad about that. I got to find ways to volunteer right now because I can't sit at home <laughs> just watching the news. And it's, I, I feel like uh, because I came here late in life and don't speak the language, my skill sets aren't being put to a good use. So I really appreciate you letting me come on and helping share the feelings and stuff like that. It, it's, uh, I, I hope it helps our listeners 
connect with us and try to understand what we're doing because I know it certainly helps me feel better. Right. <laughs> so. And let me just, before we go, let me read off this website uh, here in the, um, I'm looking at the Ben Benjamin region, but uh, I, I imagine other regions of Israel are doing this again. And again, I want to e e explain and express my gratitude and the pride that I have that the Israeli people are not waiting for the government or the state to come in and rescue them or help them. We're taking things into our own hands. They're asking for people to volunteer in many different ways. Let me just read out a few of them. They're looking for professionals, electricians, plumbers, uh, distribution of medicine and food and water to people who need Needed, assistance to residence centers, children's activities in the frameworks, uh, retired teachers and kindergarten uh, garden teachers they're looking for, retirees, military and police personnel, probably to help fill in the gaps of people who had to go serve and have left their posts here, first aid, people who can just drive people places and need, the need to get to the hospitals for appointments that maybe don't have their husband here or their car here anymore because it's been taken down to the border. They're asking for more doctors and nurses. They're asking for a translation, foreign language speakers. That's probably to help in the, for, in, in the uh, social media war. Of, uh, because remember, Jews make up less than 1% of the population, and you've got hundreds of millions of Arabs, and they're all on the, uh, on the social network, and they are writing terrible things about Israel and lies and, and uh, fake, uh, fake news that, that they post there. They're looking for help for families in hospitals. Many times a, a woman, if her husband is away uh, serving and she's got to be in the hospital, for one of her kids, she's got other kids at home. She can't be there the whole time. So they're looking for that help uh, for people to make phone calls. They're looking for civil engineers. Um, they're looking for people who own four by four vehicles to maybe. Where is this? Where, where, this is where, in where the Benjamin region. They're looking for people in the area. Oh, it's out just out in the Benjamin region. Yeah, okay. but they, they probably have a different go. If you go to any municipality website, they probably have a place there for volunteers that are required volunteers. that they're looking for. Um, they're a, a common dating families. This is a big one, folks. All over Israel, I remember in the Lebanon War when the the north was being bombed out. People were running out from Tiberias or Tiberia, uh, from Sfat, and they were running down to the center of the country, and people were taking strangers into their own homes full families because they could not stay at home. They didn't have any bomb shelters, no protection. They were sitting ducks and can't afford a hotel, can't afford a hotel. And maybe there's not even enough room in the hotels for uh, cities to be depopulated, right? For cities to evacuate. Right, right, right. So people are taking people into their own homes, even strangers. This is the love that we're finding here. This is one of the reasons why also that we're going to win this war. That, that we, we are the greatest. Yeah. We are the greatest people we are there for each other. It is, you know, it is so beautiful to see the, you know, it's like family, right? Right. We're always at each other until it hits the fan and then your family and you feel it, you feel it. And it's so palpable and I'm so blessed to be here and not be watching this from abroad it's uh it's an honor and and let me just put this in also because i'm getting swarms of letters emails uh social network messages saying tamar we're with israel we hope you're okay are you all right and i just can't keep up with it all so i want you all to know that if i don't write you back 
please know that I do read your messages and it makes an impression on me and it helps to know that people are supporting Israel and they're concerned and that they took the time to even write to me to tell me this. I want you to know I read them all, but I can't get back. I, I just can't keep up with it. I've got seven grandchildren in my house I'm trying to protect now who are living with me at this time during the war and trying to run the radio station. And all but I have to tell you something. But it, teaching, but it feels great, doesn't it? Also. It feels great when people reach out to you. It does. It does. So don't stop. You know, but please don't be upset if I don't get back to you. But I am reading it. So thank you. I've had so many Israel. people reach out to me. I've had so many people reach out to me. I mean, people I haven't talked to since high school or college. And I, I swear to you, you know, it's like if, it just feels good to know that people are have your back and are thinking about you and care. Yeah. So. so God bless you all. Thank you. And pray for the peace of Israel. Pray that our leadership has the wisdom and the courage to do the right thing. The people of Israel are brave, are strong, are energetic, and are ready to do what needs to be done. But our leadership is we have to follow. I mean, the army's got to, it takes orders. That's just what it does. So pray that they give us the correct orders. They've been doing some good things by cutting out the electricity there. We want to make it miserable for them so that the people themselves will go to the Hamas and say, give them back their hostages, give them back their people, <laughs> give them and stop it. We can't live like this anymore. And oust these monsters that they put into power there. So it could be better Your for everybody. God's Thank you, everybody, for being with us. Matt Zucker, God bless you. Thank you for helping me do the show. God bless you. Thank you for having me. And uh, peace and love to all of our listeners and peace to the entire world. We just want to live in peace and we want goodness in the world and uh, to reveal God's name in this world through good things and not through these monstrous things that we're seeing happening, that that's what drives people to God. We don't want that. We want happiness and joy and good things for everyone. Indeed. Indeed. Thank, Thank you, you tomorrow. Be well, be safe. And we'll try to give you another broadcast tomorrow as uh, more developments come in. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. We will try to be back here tomorrow, which is Tuesday uh, at 4 p.m. Israel time or 9 a.m. U.S. Eastern time. I will make my uh, best effort to be here at the mic. I have a full day of work tomorrow, but... Uh, we will try to be here to give you more uh, voices from Israel. And please, please, please donate to the station. We need more staff. We want to serve you better. No one's making money here. We're all volunteers. But I, sometimes you need to pay people to, to do the work that needs to be done behind the scenes, keep giving you updates, and, and to do all the, get us on the air, even to get us on video so we can do that for you. So please make a donation to the station. You can go to IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And there is a tab there that says donate or partner with us. Or you can email me, Tamar, T-A-M-A-R, at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and I will send you our PayPal uh, email that you can send to, or I can direct you to the link on the page where you can do that. We really need your donations. I, I, I'm always embarrassed to ask for money, to ask for donations, but uh, we really want to serve you, and, and we just, we, we're limited, and, and your help will help us to help you. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye.